you got to question everything. I mean, I'm not saying you have to debunk everything or try to argue everything, but you have to question everything at this point. That's it. Welcome to the common sense theory, baby. Common sense, that's all we ask. Let's go! All right. Welcome to the show today. Um, I'm going to be really California-specific on today's show just because I want to talk about the um, California vaccine laws that are being shoved down our throats, or at least they're trying to, um, but they are on the floor and open to being voted on. And I don't even think voted on. I think the legislature can just push them through if they want. Um, this is mostly headed by Senator Richard Pan, who in the past has already overreached. Um, he's previously eliminated personal belief exemptions for children in public schools, and he also tightened all the rules for physicians issuing vaccine medical exemptions. Um, <clears throat> so he is a pro-vaccine advocate, and I believe he's head of like this group that's called, um, well, some pro-vaccine group that he started or that he's part of. But anyway, regardless, we've got um, a lot of bills that are up for negotiation, um, two of which are extremely overreaching in my opinion <clears throat> and completely unnecessary for the demographic that they're trying to hit which is children 0 to 17 where they're trying to mandate vaccines so SB871 would require all children 0 to 17 to get the COVID-19 vaccine to attend child care or to go to school this is a demographic that is least hit by this pandemic least hit by this flu and everybody that I know has including my own kids have had this and literally had a fever for one to two days and we're fine. So now they're trying to jam a vaccine down our throats in order to make them go to school. So the kids who have already had it and recovered and are fine, they wanna put at more risk of a vaccine that is still in a trial phase for anybody under 18. I wanna be like real clear about that, that they're trying to literally push a vaccine on our children that is still in trial. That's crazy. So regardless of the fact, I actually don't think, I, and I really hope that my children are healthy and they probably would be fine getting it. But why, have there been, why has there been so much suppression of treatment? And now all of a sudden it's coming out now that they've pretty much come to the end of making a shit ton of money on the vaccine. Now even Biden said, like, if you go to the, the store and you test positive, you can get a Pfizer only the Pfizer pill, therapeutic, immediately. Now, we all know, and it's already been proven, that there's other therapies that work better than the Pfizer pill, but those are not available. Shocker. Um, but regardless of that, like why, well, let's not go into why it's been suppressed. We know why. But SB871 would require all children <clears throat> 0 to 17 to get a COVID vaccine that's still in trial. They have no long-term data for it at all. What they do have is long-term data of the kids who have gotten COVID and recovered and are fine. So that's being completely suppressed, at the least completely ignored, which is criminal to me. So uh, the second one, which is even more um, outrageous to me and really bordering on my legal rights as a parent is SB 866, which would allow kids 12 to 17 to get the COVID vaccine without parental consent. 
and they're offering that in school. So the kid can go to school and just be like, you know, I'm getting enough. There's, and, and even in where I am, there's been a lot of peer pressure in the different age groups, really depending on, I think, mostly the parents but and how much they talk about it with their kids. But there's certain kids at school that are getting pressured or being kind of, there's definitely a social outcast thing going on in a certain demographic of kids if they don't, if they're not vaccinated. And then there's the opposite in another demographic of kids that I personally know that if you are vaccinated, there's a little bit of a outcast thing. Um, so it's it's disturbing to me that the government's going to take try to take this into their hands and <clears throat> let my 12-year-old make a decision like this on his own at school because they think it's for his own good. I think that's just a lie. And I think that if you can't see that it, at least the parent helping or having a part of that decision isn't in the best interest of the child, you either don't have kids or somebody's got so much money up your ass that you can't see straight. Or it's both and or because of your situation as a legislature, you feel that this doesn't apply to you. Like we've seen happen oftentimes with our governor who makes all these laws and then goes out to dinner, goes to the Super Bowl, no mask, party time. Um, so I'm going to try to not make this political anymore since I already did. But um, SB 1749 would require schools to continue testing and to create testing plans. Great. That's fine. I mean, obviously, if you have symptoms, you should probably be tested or at least go home. So let me say something to this. School continued testing. <clears throat> My son was tested on a Monday a PCR test for school because it was required. Went to school all day Monday, had no symptoms, um, but had just had COVID over the, over the break. So, but he had gone through it, um, stayed home. It was luckily during break, so we were, he didn't miss any school. Then he went back to school, got tested for athletics on Monday, stayed in school all day Monday because obviously no symptoms, went to practice, went to school all day Tuesday, went to practice, and then went to school Wednesday, and at third period was then told you need to come to the nurse's office and was sent home because he had tested positive. So that makes absolutely no sense, right? Obviously, common sense thought, hey, you get tested Monday, and then you're allowed to stay in school, and then on Wednesday, once you've been around all the kids, you're pulled out of school midway through the day. Regardless, he didn't have any symptoms. Nobody else he knew got at that, that point that day. Coming back from break, I think 40, um, 40 of the athletes tested positive on that Monday. Um, and that was it. Nobody else got it. Nobody else tested, but they held 40 athletes back. Um, we actually argued and fought the school because we're like, look, he's already had it. He has no symptoms. So, And the doctors said, if you have no symptoms, you cannot spread it. So he went back to school two days later, but they wanted to keep him out for a week. Anyway, um, the next one, SB 1464, would force law enforcement officials to enforce public health orders. So this is just basically you know, giving more power to the dictation of what they want done. So it's you know, saying that law enforcement then can make it illegal and arrest you if you do not follow the protocol. Um, 
1993 would require all employees, including independent contractors, to show proof of COVID-19 vaccine to work in California. Again, I mean, the rest of the world is dropping these mandates, and they've even, Europe has dropped the vaccine passport. Like, why are we trying to steamroll ahead and get this done, other than money? That's really the only reason, and I'm sure Newsom's got a lot of people in his back pocket that he has to make happy. So AB 1797 would make changes to the California Immunization Record Database. So that gives them power to keep our health records in a public database so that they can tell if you've been vaccinated or not. Which again, I think your health records until recently are really the only personal thing that you have that they shouldn't have access to or in the past haven't had access to because it's your personal rights, your freedom to have, you know, your health just be your personal situation. I mean, AB 2098 would reclassify the sharing of COVID-19, quote, misinformation, unquote, by doctors and surgeons as unprofessional conduct that would result in disciplinary action. Now, it's funny because the misinformation thing is such a gray area, right? Because in the beginning, the CDC was putting misinformation all over the place. So was the World Health Organization in terms of what they claim misinformation as a definition is. So they're just as guilty as anybody of spreading misinformation. So that's a little odd that they're trying to reclassify and actually using that word since they've themselves changed on their website, using it and not using it and labeling things misinformation and removing the label because they find out later because we're still testing this thing out because it's still in a test phase because we don't know shit still. So it takes time, which is why drugs need five years to be checked on before they're approved, which is why there's always peer reviews, which they've gotten gotten rid of so that you can just publish whatever you want without a peer review. I mean, that's why we've had this stuff. There's a reason things were put into place to keep the crazy people from just running the show. Now it's gone and the crazy people are running the show. So... I mean, this is a a direct infringement on our constitutional rights, in my opinion. Again, I'm not like a big anti-vaxxer. My kids have had all the other vaccines that are actual vaccines, um, and this and and which went through years and years of testing. Um, I personally fought back against one of them, which they wanted to give three doses of something. I can't remember exactly when my kid was little. And I pushed them apart to give them um, more time in between for his body to respond because uh, I did have him get, I believe it was the MMR when he was younger, and he literally changed for three days. He was a different kid, and I was worried that it had changed forever. Um, I know it sounds, you know, here we go, but it happened to me, and on the fourth day, he was back to his old self, in which I was super thankful for. Um, but it was absolutely no question about it. His complete demeanor, his physical movements, his activity, the way he was looking at me completely changed the second that he got that triple shot. We all know, doctors all know, everybody knows that, you know, your body has to respond to a vaccine. Um, and people respond differently. And that's something that they've tried to repress for years. One shot fits all, but that's not the case. There is outliers. There are people getting harmed. And that is just a fact. 
you cannot say that that isn't happening. So I guess what I'm getting to is that since kids really don't need this and they're not being harmed from it um, unless they have underlying conditions, which again, I'm happy for anybody who really wants their child to get vaccinated, go do it. Do whatever you want because it's you and you should have the power to do what you want, not the government telling you what to do. So I'm on both sides on that. Hey, if you want triple five boosters, go have at it. I'm fine. Um, But I don't want anybody telling me that I need to get this for my kid who's already had it and is fine. And as of now, his heart's doing great. Um, We know that myocarditis is a side effect to the shot. They know that. Now, I know that their argument is, well, it's much more dangerous to get COVID. That's still up for debate. Yet my two kids have already had COVID, so that's that. Um, Neither one of them developed myocarditis as of yet. We're a couple months after they had COVID, so I still don't know. We'll see. But I'm certainly not willing to jam them with a vaccine that's still in a test round to find out if they or they are not one of the 3,000 kids that will receive myocarditis because of getting a shot. Um, Hopefully, you know, share this. Please talk to your legislators in California. I mean, this is a violation of our rights. If this passes, and I, you know, I'm generally not a, a real, I don't, I try not to get over crazy about things, but I will probably think about moving out of the state if this does pass because, um, it's not worth it for me to take that risk, even if they say it's 0.1% that they might get a side effect since they're still testing it. I am not willing to take that risk with my children. And I certainly would hope that other people aren't. Now, if you are pro-vax and you want to get your kid the vaccine, that's your choice. But it, this should not be made a mandatory scenario, especially when they can't prove they still have no data that if you're unvaccinated, you're more contagious than if you are. There's just no proof. There is no data. I asked for it from actually a doctor that I know, and they gave me a 70-page pamphlet left on my door, and I opened it, and every single piece of that paper, every single one was an op-ed. Every single one was an opinion piece. And the funny part is that when you print something out, if you look at the very bottom, especially news articles from the Internet, it shows you like the the HTTPS address, and on every single page, it said opinion. So, like you know, it wasn't just me saying that they were opinions. It was um, the websites they were off of, which was like the New England Journal of Medicine, the Wall Street Journal, all kinds of other medical websites. Every single one was an opinion piece because they know that there is no data yet that they can take and put together to show that you are more of a contagious person if you haven't been vaccinated Um, and they still don't know also if you've had COVID and then you know there's a lot of false reports coming out that are changing which is how I know they're false because they're very different than from what they were a year ago Um, you know and that was the narrative to try to get everybody vaxxed and and now they want everybody to get a booster every year so these laws are these are a big problem from (laughs) for our constitutional rights. And I certainly hope people stand up, whether you want to get vaccinated or not, realize that if they make this mandatory, they can make anything mandatory. So just be careful what you wish for. All right.
Woo, that was fun. Let's go.